Hola, you amazing artist. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we are going to talk about being adaptable. Adaptability. What is it? Why does it matter? How can I do more of it? <laughs> <laughs> All those things. How does it relate to my art career? And of course, this is live. So hi, Sarah. How are you doing? Greetings. Thank you for joining us on our weekly live podcast. Uh, so the reason that we wanted to talk about adaptability is because obviously um, we've had to be extremely adaptable lately. We've had to uh, exercise a lot of it. Yeah, that's true in recent times. Yep. So why don't we get started with our list on adaptability? Cameron's here. Hi, Cameron. Karen. Hi, loved ones. Hi, hi, Karen. We love you too. Thank you so much for joining us on our live pod. If you guys have any questions, comments, best practices, concerns as we go through this podcast, please feel free to give us your comments in the chat box. Adaptability's most basic definition is the ability to adjust to new conditions, new environments, and changing circumstances, which I think we're all pretty pretty familiar with yeah, in daily yeah. life. And uh, one of the things about humans, especially creative humans, is it's one of our superpowers. Yes. It's one of the things, it's really one of the main things that allows us to navigate an ever-changing career, an ever-changing set of circumstances. I mean, basically, where, where humans come in in the animal kingdom, we are the most adaptable of all the creatures yeah. on the planet. Uh, yeah, it's been suspected maybe maybe, that we are, maybe yeah. not not like extremophiles. I think extremophiles are way more <laughs> adaptable than we are. We can't talk to them about their daily experiences, but yeah, they are quite uh, adaptable. Cameron said, "Those that don't adapt don't last." It's yeah, true. Very true. Sarah says, "I so need a new environment." <laughs> you will get there, Sarah. You will get there. You are quite an adaptable creature. Um, so another definition is uh, the ability to rapidly learn new skills and behaviors in response to changing circumstances and i really like that um yeah i i really love that um one of the one of the things that we uh like to repeat to ourselves is that uh we've gotten very very comfortable in our discomfort in our discomfort um and that basically goes hand in hand with being an artist because as an artist you know you don't have uh, a weekly paycheck. You don't have um, the idea. The I like to call it the illusion of security, right? right? You don't punch a timesheet. Yeah. You don't get um, quarterly progress <clears throat> reports from anyone. Right. You have to be completely independent and self-managing. Um, you, you don't get pats on the back uh, from your boss. No, you, don't, you, don't you probably don't get stuff. a certificate either unless you make one. Right. for yourself. I mean, you can. As artists, we can make anything we want for Absolutely. ourselves. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Cameron says, nothing stays static in life. You can't expect your approach to your art career. To. To. Um, yeah. I think that creative humans need to be and really are some of the most adaptable humans. Um, and we'll get more into that as we go. But yeah. um, adaptability, you know, 
it's in general the tendency towards being more flexible, more elastic rather than rigid and unyielding. And there's so many different areas of this art career where I found myself acting in rigid ways um, and had to, oh, yeah. right? Because it's not a blanket thing. You could be a, a human who leans towards more adaptability or more rigidity, but you could also be someone who's adaptable in some ways. And then you find that you're very rigid in other ways. Well, yeah, because we all have different facets to ourselves. Like, you know, I have, I have some sides where I am very, very adaptable. In fact, I, you know, I like to say that when it comes to the art career part, I'm a lot more adaptable uh, when it comes to just jumping in and facing the unknown mm -hmm. only because I've practiced that you have. In, in the last few years. Yeah, yeah, you have. I, um, I'm someone who back in the day, I considered myself to be a little bit rigid. Um, and I would find that I would fluctuate between adaptability and rigidity depending on my stress level. So one of my stress responses, which worked against me was to actually try to become more rigid um, to stick to my guns, to dig my heels in, right. um, which really didn't serve me at all. So that's one of the things that I had to look at as we navigated different challenges <laughs> throughout that's, the years. And you know what? It's interesting because what will happen is like you'll attempt to do something and then it will work. Right. And for as much as people are very open minded, the fact of the matter is that a lot of us are very rigid and I like to that more akin to superstition, right? Mm -hmm. So like mm -hmm. if I tap three times and I knock on this wall, that's what I did last time. And it turned out perfectly. It produced the desired right? results. So right? it's almost like we, we do the same thing when we become rigid. It's like, okay, well, we have to do it a specific way because if we don't do it a specific way, then it's not... everything's going to fall apart. Exactly. Cameron said, stress makes you do what is comfortable, which is a routine thing. We do tend to seek out the comfort zones in stressful situations, yeah. Yeah. And, which and... ultimately could be exactly the opposite direction of what you want to do. Exactly. It's kind of like with what we were dealing with the plumbing, one of the things that I love to say and remind myself of is that when you get your mindset into a desperate place, what ends up happening is you get really dumb. You make really dumb choices and you sometimes go against the thing that you wanted to do. Uh, for example, with the plumbing and getting the studio open, um, we got a little bit desperate to get it done totally. and, and thus went against a lot of things that you know we would have done and thus we made some choices that, you know, um, time has yet to reveal if they were super bad choices we'll or not, see. but we'll see. This, this week is the determining factor. Uh, Weirdland Timely's here. Hi, Weirdland Timely. Welcome, and thank you, Karen, for the like on the show. And okay, Christine's in here with us. I think she had to reset and come back in. Okay, so she is here. Awesome. Cameron said many mistakes happen when we rush into decisions rashly. Yes. Well, yeah, it is, and it is. So even in that situation, right, you still have the option. You've you fumbled, right? You stumbled. You still have the option to pivot. Now, here's the thing, though, about that, because I obviously just jump into things, right? Mm -hmm. when, when, when I'm looking for change in the next direction. So I think a lot of that has to come. It comes down to where your emotional state is, right? Where I will jump into something new and leave something else behind. When I left the market and I wanted to really focus on um, the online and what, what I was doing, like, I had no idea what I was going to be doing. Right. You were going to navigate it. And I, but the idea there is that, you know, that, uh, you're going to screw up. Y yes. That's part of it. 
right? You you kind of understand that. Whereas when you are rigid, you think that you're not going to screw. You're afraid of screwing it up. You're doing everything in your power to prevent screwing up. Exactly. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I had um, I had some notes that I made here. Um, one of the thing. Well, hold on, hold on one second, because Sarah says that our voices sound like. How do our voices sound, you guys? Let us know if we sound clear. Uh, Karen says, I'm not having any problems. They sound clear. Okay. So okay. We, we it sound... could be your connection, Sarah. Maybe try exiting and coming back in, yep. possibly. Um, so some of the the things that kind of are tied up in adaptability is quick thinking, right? The mm -hmm. ability to make a decision and just move forward regardless of fear of screwing up. Right. Uh, the ability to problem solve solution oriented strategy, right? So that's where your focus is instead of focusing on what is going wrong or what could potentially go wrong. Your focus is on the solution end of it. Right. Because, I mean, the thing is that like a lot of us, I think the way that we're trained is to focus on the problem. They say, like, take a look at the problem, focus on the problem, uh, take a look at what's going on, weigh out your options, right? I'm not a big fan of weighing out your options. You pretty much know right from a gut level, like, okay, this is what needs to happen. And I feel like if we trusted ourselves more, and I think that that really comes down to adaptability. If you trust that even if you make mistakes that you're going to get through to the end, mm -hmm. um, you tend to not weigh out things. You tend to not second guess things yeah. and, 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 and if you make a mistake, you tend to bounce back from it a lot quicker. As someone who is um, was prone to being uh, someone who weighed out pros and cons and really second guessed a lot, even though my gut feelings are often very strong, I've learned over the years um, that usually the gut feeling, I end up coming back to it like it was right. Right. And I wasted a bunch of time making lists of pros and cons. I always love that because like basically you make this choice in the beginning and you're like, well, I don't know. And then you go back and then you're like, and it does like, sound like that doesn't. Well, I don't know. And then and then eventually at the end, you're like, oh, OK, yeah, you end up going with the first choice that you went with anyway. Christine said, I always screw up constantly, but I don't see it as that. I see it as I tried and gained some valuable information for the next choice. Try. Oh yeah. Absolutely. That yeah. is exactly what it is. And that's and that's the way to view it. And the thing is that like a lot of people will say, well, it's very Pollyanna, but in actuality, your mindset when going into a thing, if you understand, like, yeah, you know what, there's a big chance that I'm gonna screw this up. Um, it's not gonna come out perfect because honestly, I don't know what perfect is because I haven't done it yet. I haven't gone through the process yet. Yeah, totally. And you know what? My response to that whole Pollyanna um, thing is, look, NASA uses this. Yes, they prepare for years, sometimes decades to get a program out into space. But once it's actually go and like astronauts are on board a craft and stuff goes sideways, like this is exactly the mentality. Oh yeah, that they train it, it for. Is. They, yeah. you know, they stay calm. There, there, there is stuff. You know, everybody's used to like, you know, you you watch Apollo thirteen where everything went wrong. You talk to anybody at NASA, and basically that's like a daily thing. Yep, like they're always problem solving and figuring things out. And the most important thing is they stay calm and they become solution oriented and not focused on the problem. Like, okay, there's a problem now. Where do I go from here? What do we have that what we can utilize? What do we utilize? have that we can utilize? 
And it's so important. It, you know, it's funny because we're talking about astronauts, but we are talking about artists here because one of the biggest hurdle for artists is the idea that anything that you do, you might get it wrong. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to approach a gallery. Well, what if I get rejected? I'm going to put my artwork out there. I'm going to do a live sale. Well, what if nobody shows up? I'm going to do this thing. You know, like there's always the what ifs that are uh, negative circumstances and negative scenarios. And those are real life that those are the things that can happen. The problem is getting stuck there. Right. And, you know, when something goes wrong and not being able to say, oh, you know what? All right, that's fine. This went wrong. What do I have? What capabilities can I do right now? Or what perspective could I have in looking at this thing that will cause me to feel empowered? I think that that's the most powerful thing that I do in living in my discomfort is understanding that things suck sometimes uh, when they get out of uh, out of out of kilter out of kilter yeah but how am i able to change my perspective where i am looking at this situation from an empowered place yeah and i think this is hugely important because adaptability is not an intellectual game per se it's largely an emotional game and this also spills over into you've devoted time to something you've devoted heart and soul to something you've poured your energy into it and it doesn't work or it doesn't come to fruition or right. something changes that forces you to then change everything that you've been working on and you that could be a really gutting experience it can be and you know and it's interesting because like your uh, gutting experience your gut is the thing that is going to tell you like okay so it didn't work do i keep moving forward with this like maybe it was before it's time or it didn't work do i need to go back to the drawing board right it didn't work uh can we change it, one aspect of yeah it can and we make change one aspect of it when it is such an emotional thing because if you are allowing yourself to either a stick to it rigidly, right? It, it needs to, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. And this is whatever. And then like, it just keeps not working. I find that that happens. A lot of people that watch our videos get really, really upset. Right. When I talk about putting yourself out there on your website, mm -hmm. uh, there was one person in particular that put a website out there about 20 years ago. And she was very upset, a long, long comment. I read through the whole comment and then went and visited her site and realized that her site hadn't changed in 20 years, in 20 years. Like there was no, there was no adaptability. There was no pivoting. There was no nothing. It was like, if you are trying something and it is not working, right? Either a, okay, it's ahead of its time or B. I need to pivot. I need to change. I need to try new things. I need to keep experimenting, keep doing social experiments. I mean, basically that's what it comes down to with marketing and putting yourself out there. It's, it's a big giant social experiment mm -hmm. where you are allowing yourself to interact with other humans. It's the same thing as making friends. You go to a party, that is a huge social experiment. Yes, indeed. Um, if you're planning on like, you know what, I want to meet some people here or I want to make some friends or I'm new to the area or I don't know, you know, like all that stuff. It's a giant social experiment. And a lot of it, a lot of your success completely depends on how adaptable you are and whether or not you're willing to change your perspective when you get into a difficult situation. Yeah. 
Sarah said, I've always believed and always tell my kids that mistakes and rejection aren't all bad. It's how we learn and grow, not just as artists, but people. Yes, yes. Sarah, indeed. And that's the thing. Like, that's one of the reasons that a lot of our content, it applies to being an artist because that's what we're talking about. But really, as an artist, what you create and what you put out into the world is part of you, you as the human, you as the person that is seeing the world in your own unique way and all of this stuff all the insecurities all the imposter syndrome all this stuff is really ultimately what matters in putting yourself out there it's not how many ads you buy or or no. you know how good you are at like tricking people into buying things you know like it it doesn't have anything to do with that it's all about that human interaction and it comes down to you and the way that you put yourself out there Sarah said, I'm just getting the courage to go forward with my collab. Uh, and that's actually what our Patreon collab lab has been about this quarter is course yeah. corrections. Yeah, course corrections. Which is, I mean, that's basically what this is, right? Mm -hmm. It's the ability to make course corrections as you go and yeah. navigate this thing. Being adaptable, making course corrections. When, when the shit hits the fan, uh, not being focused on what's behind you, which is the shit on the fan or everywhere else. Oh my, the it shit is, on the fan. Yeah, it is focused on, okay, where do I go from here? A lot of people think that they prefer stability to change. <laughs> I know that I definitely was one, like I thought for the longest time, like I thrive in stability. It's actually not true. Mm -hmm. And I actually think it's not true for any of us. And I, I wrote here, um, isn't it funny that we think that? Because when you really think about it, change is our stable. Yeah. Really. Change is only the only truly stable thing we experience in life. And yet we think we're looking for the status quo. We're in a constantly changing environment. The unstoppable progression and evolution of ideas, knowledge, information partnered with our faster and faster ability to communicate. This world is not the same world you lived in when you started listening to this podcast. Things yeah. have changed and you're not the same person who started this podcast either. So when you put that in perspective, this is we're immersed in it. Yeah. Right. We are it. Yeah. I mean, change is happening. You know, when when I left corporate and I went through a huge, huge transition, huge change in my life. Something that um, really worried me before that was actually something that brought me a lot of peace in that moment. And it was realizing that, A, I don't have to punish myself for who I was or what I did because essentially I'm a different person than I was five minutes ago. And in about five minutes, I'll be a different person then because with every single moment in life that we experience, we change with that moment. And I think that not being adaptable has a lot to do with wanting things not to change and completely ignoring the fact that life is constantly in flux. Yeah. Life is constantly changing you are changing your body is changing your i mean you know we're getting older with with every day that passes by and the problem is that a lot of people are really afraid of that yeah they're really afraid of that uh because you know ultimately it all ends in one place we all have the same destination and people fear that the embracing of it is understanding that nothing is permanent and so that was actually the motivation for me when it came to putting my art out there because I spent the majority of my life not sharing my art 
and not speaking my voice and not putting myself out there, taking for granted the fact that like, yeah, you know, at some point we're all going to take a dirt nap and I have a very finite amount of time to be able to do the things that I want to do. Mm -hmm. And that really requires me to be able to change, to be adaptable. And to trust that future you is going to have the ability to make the decision. Yes. So I think if I could boil it down to its simplest form, at least for myself, it's fear of circumstances that are outside of your control versus trusting in yourself to navigate. Yeah. Right. To understand that if the shit hits the fan, you know what? As much as this is going to suck, I've got this. I'm going to come out the other end and, and trusting in that some way, somehow I'll figure this out. It's fine. I've got this. Karen said, trust that future you can handle what comes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, is there such a thing as too much adaptability? I wanted to throw <laughs> this in here, right? Just play the other side of it for a moment. <clears throat> Um, it's been suggested that being over adaptable can potentially manifest as a lack of direction, commitment, mm. or follow through. Right. So um, over adaptability being synonymous with like just kind of flailing out there. I the feel, <laughs> you know, and it's funny because that is something that gets used like, oh, well, if you're over adaptable, then it means this. But I think that they're taking it to a place where it's like, if you don't have a sense of direction, right, you then know, you and could be left flailing because that was the thing. I was extremely rigid back in the day uh, when it came to putting my art and myself out there. And the way that I was rigid was that I believed that there was a system, right? That I, I, I completely bought into the whole like, well, you know, you have to have a body of work and you have to do this and uh a gallery needs to accept you all before you know all the rhetoric yeah. like i completely bought into it because that's that's what i grew up hearing so and i you know it, as a as a kid and then as a teenager there there are some of us that second guess everything that we're told mm -hmm. um the thing about it is that once you learn it you it's you telling yourself that so it wasn't until later on where i started to second guess everything that i was telling myself Yes. You know, like, wait a second. I think I'm kind of full of shit here. Like, you know, and, and understanding, like, I have all these beliefs when it comes to what the world is supposed to be that is based on a lot of rhetoric that came before me. And I think that I'm being a you know, at that at that point, I was like, I'm being you know, I was a total intellectual douchebag when it came to being an artist, right? I was the guy that was like, well, you know, you're not, it's not real art if you're blah, 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 right? Because I had all these very rigid standards that made me feel better by putting other people down, right? which is a complete douchebag thing to do. Yes, it is. But it is completely brought on by insecurity. Mm -hmm. So like, what I didn't understand was that all I was doing was standing in my own way by thinking deep down inside, well, I don't have what it takes because a lot of these standards are so un, you know, I mean, they're unattainable. They're, they're unreachable. It's like only the few can get in. It's like approaching a gallery with, a, with 300 other artists and hoping that your piece gets in. And if you don't get in, then you are rejected. You are the pile of garbage 
that doesn't belong in the art world. That's the mentality that is floating around out there. Oh, I know. You yeah. know, so like deep down inside, you constantly you go and you try to you try to approach these things and you get rejected enough times and you take it personal and then you focus on that rejection and you get stuck in this rigid this rigid trap. And one of the result one of one of the things that can result from that is throwing things away and jumping from thing to mm -hmm. thing, which I think is what, what we're t like. The exactly. Like, let me try this thing because the other thing didn't work right. or, or not even finishing the other thing because it's like, well, this is too similar to this thing. And it's insecurity that causes you to, it's not adaptability. Right. It's not, I think there's a mix up there. That's not yeah. over adaptability. It's, it's um, not stick to itiveness. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a lack of, uh, direction. It's a lack of lack direction, of, um, yeah. a lack of understanding. Why am I doing this? Right. Yeah. Cause you know, a, a lot of, a lot of artists, uh, will get mad at us too, because of the, the videos that we put out there and they're like, well, you know, I'm in it for the, you know, they won't say that they're in it for the money, but it's essentially like, I'm in it for the money. And I will say like, money is not a great motivator as much as all of those, the, the hustle mentality and all that stuff loves to tell you like, it's all about the money. You're going to make the money, you know, money is use money to motivate you. Money is a horrible motivator, right? Because money, it will take a while for the money to start coming in. And if you don't have something else driving you in the interim, Oh, you're going to flounder. Yeah. You're going to flounder. Christine said, yes, we can always count on everything changing good or bad whether you're wherever you're at right now will change. We don't have any control over external changes, only what we do might as well control our change rather than wait for change to affect us in a way that we don't want. Yeah. I love that. Yep. Um, I have a couple of stories, I guess, to share with you guys, uh, that as I was thinking about this and because we're thinking about this a lot right now, given like our current set of circumstances, I thought about the time that, um, I was, at the commercial gallery uh, a few years back. Uh, being at a commercial gallery was a really positive experience for me. A lot of my self-confidence and um, even business structures came from that. And I remember learning one day a few years in that this gallery was closing up shop. Um, and they weren't closing, closing, but they were moving to a much further away area, much lower traffic area. And at the time I was very rigidly clinging to this thing that I had, that I had, that I had built, um, and who I was, my self identity that was attached to it. Um, which, you know, there was nothing that I could do to stop this place from, from closing. Um, so it can be really painful when you're hanging on to something and you don't want it to change. And it does anyway, and you have to kind of learn in that painful way to adapt to it. Yeah. And then it, what ends up happening is that it becomes, that's one of the reasons that I embrace change. I remember when this was going on with you and you were really, really struggling. Yeah. And it was interesting because it was the same time that I was leaving the market and you had gotten very used to doing the market. And so like me leaving me leaving was you know i told the market manager i was like listen i gotta go because like the market was just a stepping stone like it's time for me to move on to the next thing because i got so comfortable being at the market like it was just comfortable i knew what to expect i knew that sales were going to be a certain way mm -hmm. certain times of the year and stuff and i was like well i definitely don't want to get stuck there and for me Personally, it was like looking around and seeing a lot of people that had been at the market every single week for right. like 20 years and they just kind of looked, you know, they were doing 
the same thing for 20 years. And I was like, I don't want to be doing that. So I left the market mm -hmm. and you stayed. I stayed. Because changing that, that was just, you know, it's like you knew what to expect. Yeah. And that's comfortable. And I had a lot of intellectual, rational reasons for staying. Um, but what what really was under the surface was like I had an emotional thing to face, um, which I want to touch on in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Karen said my whole life changed this year. I thought it would work out, but I had no promises. Yeah. It's turned out exciting and full of opportunity. But I had a moment where I laid on the floor and said out loud, what have I done? <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I got through it. And I'm very, very happy just two months later. It's a journey. And if you have everyone, if you leave everyone with a smile and hope, you'll more than likely get a smile and hope right back at you. Oh, that's beautiful, yeah, Karen. Yeah, is. that's beautiful. Yeah. And it is, it is those moments of like being there. What have I done? What yeah. have I done? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's a long-term thing and it's a day-to-day -day thing. I remember when we first started doing shows, even the smallest stuff, right? Like I was super rigid about how my displays looked because they had to look a certain way. And sometimes in the, especially in the spring, the wind would blow so hard at shows that my jewelry displays would just turn into kites. Yeah. Basically. You were, you were, you and, were you are a lot more flexible now than you were than when I was. you started, but but you were afraid. You, I, I was. Mean, you were so nervous about putting your stuff out there and like everything needed to be perfect. Perfect. And really the underlying emotional thing was like, <clears throat> how am I presenting myself? What are people going to think of me? You yeah. know, so like I would what, fight. What will the neighbors think? I yeah, yeah, I would fight these battles at shows against the wind where they were, it was consistently blowing my trays around and I was picking them off, off the ground. And instead of just laying them flat where they couldn't yeah. be affected, I was like, just trying to force it to work. Yeah, and and it's the, funny. At the same shows, I was like laying my artwork on the floor, yeah. on, on the ground outside, which is, you know, the, one of the one of the things that you're not supposed to do. And I would lay my artwork on the on the ground because I was like, no, I'm not I'm not dealing. I'm not fighting the wind all day just so that the artwork is going to hang up there. Yeah. And then it, for me, it's eventually realizing like, oh, my gosh, my ego is causing me to literally fight this battle with wind. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to win this battle. With a force of nature. Yeah. I mean, artists are a force of nature, but so is wind. So is wind. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like two, two rocks, like butt head and it but, is butt it, heading, <laughs> butt heading. Yes. It is those little things and it is the large scale things, you know, adaptability and rapidly changing environments at shows. Um, listening. Good stuff. Thank you, Maya. Thank um, you, Maya. Uh, weirdly says everything you're talking about fits so perfectly my issues. Weird how artists' minds are so alike. Oh, it, it you know it. We are all out there facing uh, something that is unique to each of us, but is something that as creatives, like it's just not part of the. It's not part of the normal. Uh, conversation. conversation. That's why I love this form. I love all the formats of this community getting together and just sharing our experiences with one another. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, whether it's a show, right? Man, shows, outdoor shows will teach you adaptability like crazy. Um, and long-term things like art installations where you go into something and you have no idea how you're going to pull it oh, off yeah. and then you try what you had in your mind and then it totally doesn't work and then you have a deadline and you can either freak out 
or you can just try stuff. I mean, that's and, a, and that's the thing, like a lot of people will look at, a, let's say a big, a big installation or a big work of art or a big, beautiful painting. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, we did, we did that large installation. It was a giant room. I had five animatronic sculptures in there. Yeah. Um, it basically it was like taking a convention hall looking space and turning it into a magical dream forest with weird lighting and fabrics everywhere where you could not tell what it was that you were work walking into where it just seemed like a magical landscape, right? Well, you go in there at the end result and you think like, wow, Rafi had this in his brain. This is amazing, <laughs> right? Yeah. What, what you don't see, and this is the journey of every artist. I, I don't care who you are. When it comes to a large project like that, especially, you are figuring stuff out as you go, and adaptability is what gets you to the end. Absolutely, right? Because you have a vision of what you want it to look like. You could even have things sketched out, but like we ran into issues with the budget. We ran into issues with things that I thought was going to work not working. Yeah, technical issues. Yeah, um, you know, with your with the Firefly room, the animatronics totally didn't work the way that we thought yeah, they were so, going to. So yeah. we had to like adapt and change that around when we were doing the oak tree uh, to be able to come apart in a specific way. Yeah, we had to build it in a way that neither one of us is used to building something. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing, like everybody that went to that saw the end product and they were like, wow, you know, because they assumed that as artists, like we we think of these things and yes, we did think of these things. I thought of a dream force. And I thought of a firefly and Clee room. And thought yeah. of a firefly room. But did we execute them exactly, exactly as we envisioned? No. no. And in my mind, because of the because we were able to be adaptable and kind of like, you know, change direction a little bit, it actually ended up better than I could have even envisioned. Yep. And and that's the thing. Like when you follow that, you end up doing things that you would not have done before because we've never done them. I had never set it up the way with fabric and stuff like that. And it ended up being even better than I, than I could have ever done before that. And that's the thing. When you are rigid, you get stuck to an idea, you get stuck to something and you, and the moment that it's not working out the way it is, you will fight tooth and nail to make it work the way that it needs to work. And so you miss out on something, on trying something that you've never tried before, on learning something new, on experience something, experiencing something that is going to change your perspective and help you and level help up. you level up. Yeah, Cameron said the best results come from challenges that push you. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Which is a totally rad segue into right. So we all kind of agree that adaptability is a great thing yeah. to be adept at. Yeah. How I feel about my collab project said weirdly untimely. <laughs> and that's the beauty of collab is yeah. it's designed to push you in that way. Um, okay, so we acknowledge that we want to be adaptable humans. It's a good skill to have. How do you do it? What are the best practices for leveling up your adaptability skills? I think the first thing, uh, and it's a small thing, but it's also kind of a big thing, is to acknowledge that you already are adaptable. Oh, yeah. Stop telling yourself the story that you're rigid. Even if you believe that you're a rigid human, like I did for so many years, you have to adapt 
every single day. And it might be minor things like the ingredient you need for a recipe being out of stock at the grocery store and you have to come up with something else to make the recipe work. But you're doing it all the time. I mean, Just acknowledge we, that you're doing it. We are extremely adaptable. And uh, yeah, I mean, when, when you and I first got together, you had some challenges. I did. Like, I like to say challenges. Yeah. But it was one of the things that I would tell you. I was like, honey, you, you are extremely adaptable. Um, all of us are mm -hmm. the, the idea that we are not when it comes to something is merely a narrative, a story that we tell ourselves, right? Well, you know, I've, I'm not good with change. I'm not good with this. I'm not good with that. It, all that means is that like you have practice getting really out of whack when something changes, yes. that that's all it means. It doesn't mean that you're not adaptable. We were born adaptable. So like if if you are having a difficult time with something, it's because maybe you've spent a lot of time telling yourself, this is how I am. This is how it needs to be. This is what it. But in actuality, if you embrace that change or embrace the fact that, you know what, I got this, I will figure it out. I don't have the solution. I don't know what the answer is, but I know that I'm going to be OK. Yeah. You know, it's funny because uh, at, at one of the posts that I did on discord with the patrons esther reminded me of that she reminded me that like because i was going through a moment where i was feeling really rigid and kind of uh, not i don't want to say losing hope but like not believing in myself enough where it's like you know what it's going to work out mm -hmm. the money will be there mm -hmm. which is one of my biggest things because the last thing i want to do which cause a lot of us get very rigid because there's a lot of ideas out there when it comes to making money or whatever that, that are it's just, they cause you to become very rigid and very afraid if things are not working out. Yeah. And it was understanding that like, you know what, it's fine. The money will come. Everything's going to be okay. I'm going to figure this out. And yeah. So big shout out to Esther who is here. Thank you for that reminder. That reminder yeah. yeah. Sarah said rigidity stifles creativity. I've found going with the flow is so much more beneficial. Don't get me wrong. I still get the urge to <laughs> run away quicker than King Arthur and the Holy Grail, but I love a challenge. Now. Oh, Sarah, I love that. That's beautiful. Cameron said, learn how to evaluate when to adapt versus what is not worth adapting for. That's huge too, yeah. Cameron. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And basically, right adaptability is not being a pushover it's not being wishy-washy oh, no. it's not just being agreeable regardless of whether it's good for you or not it's not those things that is such a good point and such an important thing to talk about because that is not adaptability no adaptability is um basically standing your ground in a new direction that you are heading with confidence and that's the thing when you are wishy-washy it's because you're not feeling confident Right. And just because the shit is hitting the fan and things are not working out or uh, things are not going according to plan doesn't mean that you have to lose your confidence within yourself. You have to keep that confidence within yourself and make decisions and understand, I might get this wrong, but I'm going to see this out through to the end. And then if it's still wrong, then I'm going to adapt and change and move it. But it is up to me. It is my decision. And I do trust myself. Absolutely. And that's what's ultimately important. Cameron said, adapt when it will challenge you, but not leave you vulnerable. Yeah. I would take that and I would say, adapt when it will challenge you, but not 
when it will diminish you because yeah. I think there's a beauty in being vulnerable oh, in ways too, but not when it's going to diminish you. Yeah. Adapt and keep your empowerment. Yes. Stay empowered in that moment. Um, yeah, vulnerability. Because... I mean, you know, when it comes to vulnerability and the thing is that we might be talking semantics here. Sure. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> you know, because I know what Cameron, I, means. I, I understand yeah. what Cameron means. But like vulnerability, the thing about it is that like we're extremely vulnerable when we put ourselves out there. I mean, you know, doing uh, even this, like doing a live pod, basically we're sitting here, we're reading comments when we do a live stream, people can throw any question at us and we're just going to sit there and uh, answer the discuss, question, yeah. discuss it. And there is something that is very, very scary uh, for a lot of people and was extremely scary to me in the very beginning, which was like, what if I get it wrong? Right. What if I, yeah. You know, and, in the moment saying, talking, thinking, and, responding. And yeah. so like, there's a lot of vulnerability in that. Yes. In, in putting yourself out there in that way. Now, there's also the confidence in knowing that like, well, if I don't have an answer, all I have to do, it's like, I don't know, I know. you know, like, and, and like understanding that all of the tripe that comes in your mind that tells you that you're not good enough and you're not this and you're not that all that goes out the window after you've done it a few times because then you feel more confident in your vulnerability you trust yourself in more, your yeah. in the fact that like oh you know what i i don't i don't know but i'm gonna figure it out um and yeah cameron's i think cameron's saying here like um adapting to a situation that's hurting you is something that people yes. do and yes. and it's really it's almost it's it is adapting but it's the boiling frog principle right where you accept things that are hurting you and you accept and you accept and i i feel like that that is adapting into a comfort zone you know where like it it actually is much more comfortable to be that boiling frog. It's a form of resignation. Resignation, yes. Yeah. That's a, actually a great word for so it. So understanding the difference there is hugely important. Yeah. Um, there's one thing that I want to make sure that I cover here that I think is really important to this whole enchilada, if you will. Okay. Which is taking a look at your emotional responses to things, your positive and negative emotional responses, understanding that you can logic things out till the cows come home, but you often almost, I would even risk to say a hundred percent of the time your emotions are driving you, especially in high stress situations. And it's very important to pay attention to the underlying emotion that is driving either your rigid response or your adaptable response. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because 10 times out of 10, when I was being rigid, there was some underlying emotional thing going on that was causing me to react in a rigid way. And it's the ability to take a look at what is that? Is, is it my ego? Is it my insecurity? Is it fear? And being able to question that emotional response to understand it's not written in granite, right? <laughs> that you don't actually have to buy into that if it's not an emotional response that serves you. Yeah. That's the huge part. That's the piece of the puzzle for me that locks it all in. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You have to pay attention to the underlying emotions that drive your response and be willing to have a dialogue with yourself over, feel your feelings, but then I mean, question them. And that's the thing. Like a lot of people, the way that we are used to dealing with emotions is like, you know, especially for men, like bury it down, bury it down. push it down until like years later, you just explode and your eye starts twitching because you've, you've lost your, your sense of stability because 
you've been empty on the inside the entire time. Mm -hmm. Or for some people, it's like, well, I just feel this way. It just is. It's oh, written in yeah. stone this and they just never I, go deeper than yeah, that. This is yeah. just who I am. This is just who I am. And not understanding, like, you know, I, I would say that when it came to approaching a gallery, right. right? You know, it's something as simple as like approaching a gallery yeah. or putting your artwork out there, uh, entering a contest or like even like entering a show where you're going to show your artwork or just displaying your artwork uh, on your front yard. Right. Or even just being able to have a conversation with someone. Yeah. A, lo a lot of times when somebody doesn't do it, they're just, well, I just, you know, that's, I, I just don't feel comfortable with that. Yeah. Right. And there's a lack of investigating what the emotions are that are causing you to feel uncomfortable with that because there's no reason for you to feel uncomfortable with that, mm -hmm. right? Other than whatever narrative or whatever story you've been telling yourself, and it is always locked into an emotion. So yes, investigating those emotions one way or the other, uh, extremely important because that's what's going to stand in your way. Yeah. And I'll give you a quick example. Um, and I'll be vulnerable in this moment and just tell you guys like my huge fear of interacting with people when I first started putting myself out there was because the underlying narrative, the story that I believed was that I was dumb Yeah, and I, that I was dumb and I was going to make a fool out of myself if I opened my mouth and engaged in conversation. And I let that fear drive my decision making for many, many years. Um, and so having to investigate that, um, I mean, we would, we would make sit huge down, changes. We would yeah. sit down and talk to people and I would walk away from the conversation and feel good about both of us in the conversation. And then later Cleo would be like, well, they like you, they don't like me because I'm dumb. And I'm like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> I mean, if there's anybody that's dumb in our, in, you know, <laughs> between the two of us, it's, it's definitely not you. Neither one of us is dumb, <laughs> but, um, I really, I had to investigate where that came from, why I believed it, whether it's really, really true and rewrite that narrative for myself. And that really unlocked some potential for me as far as being willing to engage with people. I mean, it is interesting. We do believe some dumb things. We do. Uh, and I think, <laughs> but the thing is that like, you know, we grow up with a bunch of people that have differing perspectives. Um, they have opinions about what you are and what you're not, who you are, the things you like, what you're capable of. And then you get out into the world and your friends and, you know, everybody has these different perspectives. And we, I think we starting out, we start believing that we have to navigate, right? This, this world that has been predestined or, or whatever it is. And so we're constantly trying to find our place in the in world, that. not understanding that, that, that no one feels at place in the world, right? right? We're all these unique individuals that it's our own self-expression that really allow us to feel at home within our own skin. Mm -hmm. And it's not about fitting in. It's about being who we are. And, you know, unfortunately for me, that was something, I mean, fortunately, I, I'm going to say fortunately, it was something that I learned later on in life that I, that I started to realize more. But if not, I, I would say that I spent like 35 to 40 years trying to fit in. Right. Yeah. Um, and and I'm thinking that that was the way to move forward. And I think that for a lot of us, that's kind of like the way that we view it. So like being an artist who is, is you know, as far as being an artist, like you are pouring everything that you are into your artwork, yep. no matter what it is, you are pouring what it is. And then you are basically putting it out there into the world. Well, that goes against that narrative of trying to fit in. 
Yeah, totally. You know, does. so like that's where the biggest battle comes in when you're trying to put yourself out there and understanding that, like, no, you got to be adaptable. You got to be willing to change that narrative and become something else. And essentially, it's being the, you know, it's like the chrysalis and then you becoming the butterfly. Yeah, or the David Bowie. Yeah, or the David of Bowie life. of yeah. your life. <laughs> Esther said, thank you in the first place. You said it to me and it's been my mantra ever since. Oh, Esther, that's awesome, you're Esther. so awesome. Uh, Cameron. Don't jump into, uh, oh boy. Don't jump into, you give you fear, your fears, the weapon to, yeah, don't jump into your fears, uh, because it'll give you the weapon to her too. He's, he's commenting about the thing that he said earlier. Okay. Okay. I got a little lost. Uh, Christine said, I can understand that taking a risk can be incredibly scary. I try to remember that once I'm on the other side, I will have a whole new perspective. Yes, yeah. Christine, That's that part is brilliant. Trusting in your future self, right? Tina Colburn, like their show. Thank you, Tina. Cameron said, I meant to say, don't give your fears <laughs> the weapons to hurt. They don't hurt unless you give them power. Beautiful. That makes a lot <laughs> yes. more sense. That's awesome, Cameron. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sarah said, I feel perfectly comfortable. Then people love to rush in and shoot me. Sarah, you don't, that's part of the thing. Don't worry about what other people are saying. Right. These are the that's, outside that's circumstances. What it, that's what it means to be adaptable, Sarah. It means that you have outside circumstances that are telling one story and one narrative. Mm -hmm. and you have to understand that you need to rise above the noise. It's how you respond that matters, not what the world is throwing in your exactly, direction. Exactly. Yeah. And yes, society loves to judge. So effing what? Move past it, rise above that noise. Because if not, then you become a victim to society all the time. And that is not who you are. That is not being empowered. That is not what it means to move forward and focus on the solutions. If you're too worried about what they think, then you're going to be stuck there. It's It's You're going to be stuck there. Yeah. Weirdly said, I'm confident about showing my authentic self or my projects up until 30 minutes before going out <laughs> or posting them. Weirdly, I love oh, this. And I, I love then, you so much. Then full freak out. But I think no matter how adaptable or confident you are, you still have to have the freak out moment. Yeah. Do you not? Yeah. I yeah. still do. I, abs I absolutely we all do. do. And I mean, and the thing is embracing that freak out moment and understanding like, oh, okay, this is my, this is my fear. This is a signal that I am breaking out of a comfort zone. Right. Every time, even if it happens every time, this is because it doesn't always happen exactly the same way. It is always one tiny facet mm -hmm. of our being at a time that we are breaking through that insecurity. I actually schedule in freak out time. Like when I know I'm going to like, before, when I had to give the speech for your solo exhibition, yeah. I was like, I know I'm going to freak out. So I'm scheduling in freak out time. Yeah. And like, here's where I'll be during freak out time. And then I'll be back. Yep. Um, so yeah, nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's brilliant. I love that. Yeah. Cameron said, problem solving is adaptability. Every time you solve problems, you grow. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And the thing is that a lot of people will tell the story like, oh, you know, every time that this happens, I do this. You got to understand every time something happens and you respond a certain way and then you push through it and you adapt and you change, right? Even if it is the smallest tiniest change within yourself and then it happens again and you think that it's happening the same way that you're responding the same way you are not because it is it is almost like making an ice sculpture you're chipping away 
edit with every moment that you face something that is outside of your comfort zone and that you adapt and try something new. It is always, it's chipping away the ice. And, and sometimes it feels like you're just going through the same thing, but it's not. It's not. Every single time you walk away from that experience completely changed into a different person that is more capable than you were before. And that that is one of the reasons that I have confidence within myself when it comes to facing situations that I need to adapt is understanding, yes, I'm going to get this wrong, but in getting this wrong, I am changing. I, I am adapting. I am evolving and moving forward. And at some point, this is going to be no thing. I don't know how long it'll take. Maybe it'll take uh, a week. Maybe it'll take a day. Maybe it'll take a year or two years. I don't know, but I do know that I'm at least heading in the, in the right direction for me, for mm -hmm. where I want to be. That's beautiful. My my summary is not as beautiful. Sometimes I got to be like, I'll sit there and I'll be like, future me, I'm still good, right? Like, I still got this. And I imagine future me is like, yeah, you're still good. You're and good. however much time. And I'm like, yeah. okay, then I can take a step <laughs> forward. <laughs> I love that. Adaptability is always disguised as a roadblocker. Yes, exactly, Cameron. That is beautifully put. Tina said, and pick yourself up and dust, dust yourself, yourself off. off. Yes. Yes, I love that. All right. So, and, and that's it, you guys. We have come to the conclusion of, of a beautiful live podcast. This was such a great live podcast. You guys are amazing. I love, love hanging out with you guys and having this kind of conversation. What is up, Cruz? Cruz hey, said Cruz. adapting happens every day if we're learning and growing, experimenting and taking risks. Oh, exactly. Yes, Cruz. Beautifully put. That is beautifully put. So yeah, thank you guys so much for um, for joining us for joining us and this, for your insights. Yeah, that that was this was amazing. This was amazing. Glad I got in on this one. Yeah, us too, Esther. Weirdly You're said, all this wisdom is priceless. Love this podcast. Thank you so much. Weirdly, great fun. Said Christine. Cameron said, intellectual Into conversation. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Why? Thank you. Well, um, so I am, I'm going to do the whole outro thing. I just totally screwed it up, but, um, because this is live, so this is how it's going to go out there. So all of you listening to this recording, this is live and I, uh, am being adaptable and, uh, also vulnerable and letting yeah, you, you know sure that I, I screwed this up. Virginia said, be your own lobster. Yes, yes. indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Cheers for the awesomeness, said Sarah. Um, so yeah, I'm curious to know whatever podcast site you're on, if you are able to comment on the site, I would love to be able to read some comments about what you do when it comes to being adapt adaptable and whether or not you have any best practices for that. Uh, Connie said, happy Valentine's Day. Happy oh, Valentine's happy Day, Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, to all of you guys. Uh, so uh, Not only best practices, but if you want to share any stories with us about a time where you really had to oh, be yeah, super Oh, yeah, that would adaptable. be amazing. Yeah. That would be amazing. And for our patrons, if you could share it on the uh, live stream after party, any stories. that Would love you, that. Yeah, we would love that. And other than that, yeah, I think it's time to say goodbye. So thank you all so much for being here. Thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. We absolutely freaking adore you. 
And I'm about to say goodbye. You want to say goodbye first, Clee? If you like this and you want to listen to more like this, <laughs> click somewhere around here to subscribe, depending on where you're listening from. And good day. And we love you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Adios.